Welcome to Bible News Press. Our goal is to discuss biblical faith beyond cliches and buzzwords, whether such words are religious or political. Sometimes we sit around the table and fellowship. Sometimes we do a little time travel. It is all part of our journey with our Abba Father, who has given us the key to life. We do it with Jesus, and we do it together. Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading Micah chapter 1 from the World English Bible. Yahweh's word that came to Micah the Morashtite in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. Hear, you peoples, all of you, listen, O earth, and all that is therein, and let the Lord Yahweh be witness against you, the Lord from his holy temple. For behold, Yahweh comes out of his place and will come down and tread on the high places of the earth. The mountains melt under him and the valleys split apart, like wax before the fire, like waters that are poured down a steep place. All this is for the disobedience of Jacob and for the sins of the house of Israel. What is the disobedience of Jacob? Isn't it Samaria? And what are the high places of Judah? Aren't they Jerusalem? Therefore I will make Samaria like a rubble heap of the field, like places for planting vineyards. And I will pour down its stones into the valley, and I will uncover its foundations. All her idols will be beaten to pieces, and all her temple gifts will be burned with fire, and all her images I will destroy. For of the hire of a prostitute has she gathered them, and to the hire of a prostitute shall they return. For this I will lament and wail. I will go stripped and naked. I will howl like the jackals and moan like the daughters of owls. For her wounds are incurable, for it has come even to Judah. It reaches to the gate of my people, even to Jerusalem. Don't tell it in Gath, don't weep at all. At Beth Orphra I have rolled myself in the dust. Pass on, inhabitant of Shafir, in nakedness and shame. The inhabitants of Zaanan won't come out. The wailing of Beth Ezel will take you from his protection. For the inhabitant of Marath waits anxiously for good, because evil has come down from Yahweh to the gate of Jerusalem. Harness the chariot to the swift steed, inhabitant of Lachish. She was the beginning of sin to the daughter of Zion, for the transgressions of Israel were found in you. Therefore you will give a parting gift to Moresheth Gath. The houses of Akzib will be a deceitful thing to the kings of Israel. I will yet bring to you, inhabitant of Merishah. He who is the glory of Israel will come to Adullam. Shave your heads and cut off your hair for the children of your delight. Enlarge your baldness like the vulture, for they have gone into captivity from you. That is the end of chapter 1. Just when I'm getting a good grasp of a lot of these biblical names and locations, we get Morashtite, or however it's pronounced. Now, in the World English Bible, it phrases it as Morash tight, which is like the King James Version of Israelite with this suffix ite meaning descendants of. Almost all of the translations I looked at use a version or a spelling of Morash tight, but the New King James Version says Micah of Morasheth. 
In David Gusick's commentary, he says it is the same place as Moresh Gath mentioned in verse 14, which the American Bible Society Bible Atlas shows as midway between the Mediterranean Sea and the Dead Sea, about 25 miles southwest of Jerusalem. So this is only about five miles from Adullam, which is mentioned in verse 15, and about 2.5 miles from Akzib, also in 14. And these are in Judah. So Akzib is actually right between Adullam and Moresheth. And you can see this on map 43 of that atlas. I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to draw my own outline area poster and put it on the wall and start marking these places in the manner of I have visited here in my Bible. You can see that when the word of Yahweh came to Micah, it was overlapping in time with Isaiah's writings, not starting as soon, but including the later three of the four same king's reigns. And it is clear from the outset that he will be talking about both the northern kingdom, as referenced by Samaria, and the southern kingdom, as referenced by Jerusalem, both the capital cities of those areas, and for all the earth to take notice. Then he gets right on to describing the absolute power and might of God, who in his holy temple seems to be a holy re- uh, heavenly reference. And his description might seem poetic at first, but then you realize that God did pour water over the whole earth, and he will judge the earth with fire, and the mountain of Jerusalem will split when he returns. See Zechariah 14.4 for that last example. Then, like proceeding in a court of law, the charges are read. In reading the history of First and Second Kings, you realize the wickedness that has gone on in Samaria. So saying Samaria is the di- disobedience is like saying the list is in this exhibit. And the high places where they shouldn't have been worshiping, let alone false gods, were even in Jerusalem, which should have been the center of worshiping Yahweh. The analogy of prostitution is used, which emphasizes how wicked and destructive human sexual immorality is too. Whether it is religious or sexual, it is a gross perversion of relationships. Verse 8 seems to be Micah's lamentation in response to this, but his grief is not just personal sorrow. It emphasizes the seriousness of what is at stake and what is happening. Of course, Gath that he mentions is one of the Philistines' main cities, so you don't want your enemies to hear of your destruction. Verse 10 mentions Beth Orphra, which everywhere I looked, including a note in the World English Bible, says that this means house of dust. So Micah appears to be emphasizing the degree of lamentation by the amount of dust. Beth means, Beth or Bet means house in Hebrew, which you probably all know. And then also, as I was looking things up, sometimes Ofra can be spelled with an O and sometimes with an A. Spelled with an O, looking it up in the King James Version, Ofra is referenced as a city in the account of Gideon in Judges 6 through 8, and then also Judges 9 5, about 40 years later, where Gideon's son by a concubine massacred Gideon's family there. Ophrah is also mentioned in 1 Samuel 13, 17, right after Saul wrongly goes ahead and offers sacrifices without Samuel. 
All of this to say that these are really places, even though other names aren't as easy to track down, sometimes spellings differ, and names do get changed. If you use the blueletterbible.org cross-reference tab for verse 11, it says that an inhabitant of Saphir means you who dwell fairly. Zaanan refers to country of flocks, and Beth Ezel means a place near. And then Maroth seems to mean the same thing as Mara, which is the word used in Ruth 1.20, where Naomi refers to herself by that name as meaning bitter. You can also see the name Ezel in 1 Samuel 20.19. Lachish is mentioned in many places, beginning in Joshua 15.39. And of course, Zion is the height, the high point of Jerusalem where David built his palace stronghold, which is sometimes used to indicate all Jerusalem. I will link to David Gusick's page, his commentary on Micah 1, where he says Micah is using the fact that the names of these cities mean things in Hebrew to drive home the prophecy, to make it more vivid and clear. You will see that his outline coincides with what we've referenced so far from the Hebrew language. Finally, in verse 15, Adalam is referenced, which you can see from 2 Samuel chapters 22 and 23 and 1 Chronicles 11, is where David hid in a cave. And this illustrates the direness of things for the land of Israel at this point. But you don't need to know what these names mean to understand this. And just the array of cities indicates the awful inclusiveness of the judgment on the nation. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today, but not the end of our journey. 